I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The 10th time they've made it. They've won a playoff Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast where on tonight's show we're going to be going over two more losses that really compounded the misery for Brentford fans over this um, kind of congested festive football calendar period. Joining me for for that slightly depressing task are Craig and Dan. Craig, mate, how are we? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, Dan, all good? Yeah, all good. Not lost in 2024 yet. Exactly. That's the that's the spirit. Just just before we get going, we hope you all had a lovely Christmas and, and a happy new year, even though Brentford couldn't make it any better. Uh, let's hope for a positive 2024, as, as Dan just mentioned. And just before we kick things off, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to comment down below with your thoughts ahead of the Wolves game in the FA Cup and also Forest at home next week. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Elam Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. Well, we've got two games to get through tonight. We'll start with Wolves last week, although we will keep it a touch brief just because it was a week, eight days ago. First of all, Craig, I actually went into that game with a little bit of hope, knowing it was under the lights of the GTEC, knowing that Wolves were a team who, before the Chelsea game, were, were slightly out of form and their away form hadn't been great. They struggled in front of goal. But <laughs> Nathan Collins, against his former club, seemed to have other plans. Uh, that day just talk us through the day the game Nathan Collins it's just a bit miserable wasn't it they could have they could have struggled in front of goal that game but we will never know given the fact that we gifted them three goals anyway mm-hmm. so if we hadn't if we hadn't provided three assists for their goals they probably would have struggled in front of goal the way that we expected them to but a catastrophic performance from Nathan Collins unfortunately but compounded by some inept defending across the pitch across that back line again I just felt like I just felt like it was it was kind of inevitable after the first goal and then to concede so quickly to concede so quickly again it was I didn't feel like we was going to come back I know we did get one and you've made a point to go into it but even with that goal I didn't feel like we had any chance of coming back into that game but you know Nathan Collins he's he's so hot and cold isn't he I I don't remember a mediocre game I don't remember Mm. a mediocre game I remember him having blinding games like let's just think about the West Ham one where he's he scored the winner he was solid at the back and there there are many other games um Chelsea away where he was cracking I thought he was really good when we played United away I know he lost 2-1 in them last few minutes but he was really good there and then he was just shit against <laughs> against Wolves. And I know we're going to go into it again. I didn't think he was very good against Palace either. He just seems to have hot and cold, either really good or really bad. Yeah, I think I think he was better against Palace, but certainly against Wolves, uh, it was he was very very poor. But I I feel like the jury is out for him again after a few bad games. The last time this happened, and then he came back from injury and he was really good, and everyone was saying how good he was. And then after the Wolves game, it was like 23 million, what a waste of money, a record transfer. I just think sometimes a bit of an overreaction. There's definitely a player in there. We need to give him a bit of time to settle. But I mean, the Wolves the Wolves game was just like, I hope he doesn't have another one of those games again this season. Otherwise, the jury will really be out for him because that's just oh, yeah. cost us three points with with the two goals that he gives away. Dan, I thought um, I Craig, said, Craig mentioned it and I've put it in the rundown. I thought that when Wissa grabbed one straight back, it might be one of those nights where we get a goal straight away. The G-Tech kind of pulls it into the goal. But we just huffed and puffed in that second half. And it just, it, it, we looked we looked out of ideas and Morpe came on and looked pretty poor. Um, it just, it's, the second half just took me through it. It's just really frustrating when you're watching it. And it's just like, you know that you're not going to score, but you still have all of the ball and nothing sticking. 
Yeah, I think it peaked just after we got one back when you know had that header. And for a second, I thought we were going to score two in two minutes. And obviously then it would have completely wiped it out and it would have probably been the most crazy four minutes that the Premier League's ever seen. But um, yeah, it, it just got quite repetitive. We had the ball a lot. We were on top, but I never really felt that Wolves were like, I felt that we were quite easy to defend against. I never felt yeah. that they were worried about us. I think I think it just goes to show that I want these players to do really well, but I think some of the personnel at the moment, you can't really see many goals in the team. Wissar occasionally pops up with a decent strike, but he goes missing far too often for me. Um, Morpé works hard, spends a lot of time on the floor. Um, yeah, we'll wind people up, but I'm not necessarily sure that he's the answer he'll snatch at chances um Lewis Potter's obviously been a bright spark recently but it's very early on for him it's just very difficult I think the spine of the team is there but up front and full back then with, with it's just very difficult for us at the moment yeah I, 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 I think just, if want, you... to add, just want to add sorry mate. um I don't know why wishes there was a chance literally after he scored i know you just mentioned yanout's header as well there was a chance just after he scored where a ball's gone through to him in exactly the same position to where he's put it in the top corner moments before and he's tried squaring the ball to malpe who's put it wide um i don't know why he didn't shoot i don't know why he didn't shoot all the times he shoots from these poor positions and we slander him for it be it on social media or people's post-match reports then the chance he gets and he doesn't shoot. I've no idea why as a striker you're not taking that chance on. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the thing I, I do like Wisser, and I think uh, I think we've kind of said on a podcast before that if, if someone's going through one on one in our team, I'd probably back Wisser the most over anyone. If like over Tony, over and Boomer, over anyone. But he does. I, I see what you mean, Danny. He does just go missing far too often. I feel like especially when there's no and Boomer and no Tony to sort of be that focal point and someone that he can run off when he's the when he's the focal point or when neil's the focal point it's just there's there is no focal point let's just end off is it i, I kind of want to talk about sort of playing out from the back in especially at the wolves game and under the palace game as well we'll get onto that a bit later but especially at the wolves game the playing out from the back the collective groans from the west end were just so deafening uh, i think huang's goal is so avoidable because we do try and play out from the back flecking gives a loose ball away, gets headed back in. He's got loads of time to pick a pass and eventually it ends up at Huang's feet, who does take the goal really well, to be fair to him. But without that focal point up top, when it's just Wissa and KLP and Neil, when they all have the collective height of just nothing, like the, the collective height's like 15 foot because they're all so fucking short. We struggle so much to get out from the back. And that, that's, where, that's where I kind of feel bad for the, the back line, especially because they can't go long because it's not going to stick to Neil. It's not going to stick to Wisser. It's not going to stick to KLP. And they try and go short and it still doesn't stick. So it's like, they're going to have to try and play out from the back. Otherwise just going to give the ball away even faster. Do you know what I mean, Dan? Yeah. To an extent, I think also though, if it's clearly not working in the game, we have to try and find a solution. Obviously I know it's not ideal at the moment because we haven't got our favoured players on the pitch, but I remember in the past that, nor often it happens when we play a five in the back, but we've at times overlapped like one of the centre backs at a goal kick, just so they can get just past the halfway line and just win a flick on. And mm -hmm. I don't know whether we could have maybe tried to do something like that, you know, drop someone, drop Yanel into centre back just for the goal kick, drop a midfield a defender a bit further forward to knock it on because it clearly wasn't working. Nathan Collins wasn't having the best day of the ball at his feet, um, and. I just think you've got to try something different perhaps because it yeah. did just look too repetitive and we were too easy to play against and too easy to break down. Yeah, Craig, the only the only shining light from that game was was KLP. We said it a few games ago that he needed a goal. He got it against Villa and since then he's he's been the best player in the team by, by a long way. It's not hard because we're playing so badly at the moment, yeah. but he has, he has been the best player in the team. I think he is going to be really super important for us, especially now considering it sounds like Kevin Sharder's a longer-term injury when we thought he might be coming back at the end of December. It looks like he's not going to be in Thomas Frank's plans for at least another month. So I feel like he, and based on the last two games, I think you know he's in good stead to do that. I feel like he's going to be a really important player for us going, going into the rest of the season. Yeah, look, if we're talking about the Wolves game, 
if even if we had made the mistakes that we made, but we had a player like Ivan Tony on the pitch, I am of a firm belief that we still would not have lost that game. The amount of chances that KLP created, the amount of chances that KLP created in that second half, four or five times where he's beaten the defender, pulled the ball back, and there is no one, no one there. It's a tap-in. Ivan Tony would be that player on the edge of the six-yard box, stood on the penalty spot, and he would he he would have scored. He just scored three or four goals that game with the way that KLP was playing. But it just seems that the, our front three, when we get the ball, it's just run forward and hope that something happens, that we can create something. And KLP was creating so many things that no one was even preempting a cutback pass. It was almost as if the players don't trust each other at the minute to the point no one will take a risk. There was nobody gambling on anything at all against Wolves. No one gambled. No one took a risk. It was playing safe football, boring football at the end of the day that cost us massively. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well with Neil, you mentioned it, Dan, how frustrating he is. And he could have played 10 times worse than he did against Wolves. I thought he did all right when he came on against Palace, but he could have played 10 times worse. And I still love him just because he's him. Um, But those balls that you mentioned when KLP beats his man and sticks it across the six-yard box or pulls it back for no one there, it's like if you're you're not going to hold up the ball, at least... Be that person to tap it in at the end when when the wingers do good work like KLP was doing all game. So it is kind of just like I really want Neil to do well, but Danny, are you kind of thinking that he's he's not the he's not the person to take us forward when we don't have Ivan Tony? I know it's such a stark kind of gap between quality and strikers, Um, but I really thought I really thought that when he re-signed, if he'd have got like a couple of goals, I know he's got one so far, but if he'd have got a couple of goals straight off the bat, I thought it would have worked just because. He's a big confidence player. Um, are you not convinced? I think he works very hard. He'll run around a lot, but I'm not sure he has those like real striker instincts to know where, like where, when to be and where. And then often when it does come to him, he snatches at it and he doesn't take a moment um, yeah. to you know really think about you know what he's doing. Um, he definitely spooned one wide. I think it was against Wolves, but the two games merged together at times. But I think it was against Wolves. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure he's a long-term answer. Obviously, we do love him. He's not a bad squad player to have, but I'm not sure he'll be getting into many starting 11s in the Premier League. Um, and just because of his, his history of us, it's not necessarily enough, especially at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's sad, but I think I think you're bang on. To be fair, I just don't. I haven't seen what I thought we would see, especially in the first kind of two games that he played for us. The one against West Ham where he was really good and against Burnley where he was really good. Haven't seen him hit those highs yet. And maybe that's because we've got more injuries or maybe it's just because we're in a downward slump and that's kind of affecting him too. But the last few games, <clears throat> it's annoying as well because I think we mentioned that when he when he re-signed for us, a lot of people wouldn't know how good his hold-up play was for such a small guy. But some of like when he was up against Kilman against Wolves, it's like double his height. It's just never ever going to get the ball and make it stick. And uh, I think once he gets one bad one, it's just kind of it just kind of rolls over and rolls over. And it's rolls really over. difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. I think even with, even with Lewis Potter, I can't be hundred percent convinced on him just yet. He's had two really good games, but it only takes one setback. You know, it took him a long time to get to where he has been in the last two games. It only takes one setback to go back there. Um, it seems like he's playing with more confidence now. Um, I just need to see it sustained now for a little bit of a longer period so I can be convinced and I can trust him. I think too many of the current starting eleven, I don't fully trust. Like Nathan Collins mm. has had some very good games, but also very bad games. And especially for a centre-back, you want to be able to trust him. Like Pinnock, you know, it'll be very, very rare if he makes a mistake. Or, or, although he did almost score an own goal from... Miles out again, didn't he? <laughs> you have you, know you, both, you both just highlighted the our problems of playing out from the back. You, you've just said we've got Malpe up against Kilman, who is it's double his height, can't play out the back because he can't win anything in the air. You know, I we was making jokes against the Wolves game, saying play it long, let Malpe use his height. <laughs> he can't. Like, like when you we're not trusting our players, Dan just rightly said. Pinnock's obviously nearly scored no goal. Was cracking, would have been a cracking finish had it had gone in, um, but it didn't didn't quite make it. Um, 
But it, because of the performance against Wolves, I kind of felt like people were a bit hesitant to put Collins in that predicament again, where a lot of the time he just got rid of it. He just got rid of it, which is what we really needed from him against Wolves. But you two have just highlighted our problem as to why we can't play out. Uh, can't play long. We have to play out from the back. Yeah, I, I just think with with the height, and I, I've kind of felt like. Saying in that when we we're in the West End and people were getting so angry at Fleck and just fucking get rid of it. It's just like, what, what, where is he supposed to go? Like he has he has nowhere to go. The collective height of the front three is nothing. If we if he goes long, we're going to lose it. If he goes into the middle, we're going to lose it. It's just he's got he's got nowhere to go apart from to go short. And you know we'll, we'll talk we're, about we're Fleck going on, on we're going on to Palace in a second. We're going on to Palace in a second. But, but the amount of slander that people were giving Fleck and around me, what for for. For not playing the pass right or for not releasing the ball at the right time, we all we must have all watched that game. I'm assuming you two were there or you watched it one way or another, but it was so static. There was no yeah. movement. We had no height. People were groaning at Flecken for 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 whatever they were groaning at him at. I don't even know what they were moaning at him at. He couldn't do anything. Yeah, he's he's not that actually bad with his feet. He had one slip. And that was against West Ham, and he still made the pass out. He fell over, and he still made the pass. I trust him with his feet more than I trust him with his hands at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> That's not a good sign. We've got to talk, we've got to talk about Flecken, because I feel like if the jury wasn't already out, it's, 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 it's so far out now. I mean, everyone everyone says that he, he's, he's terrible. Um, we should address it, because, because it's the talk of most games, and I know we like to defend him, but... Craig, I'm going to put you in a predicament now because I'm going to start some Flecken slander. Uh, <laughs> he is Go statistically on. the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League. And I've, I've seen this now and it's it's by a long way in terms of goals prevented and uh, goals goals expected against and the, the ones that he actually saves. So I am not yeah. one to go and shout yeah. about it on Twitter afterwards and I don't think that's right to do. And I would never do that. And I feel like the people that do that need to take a look at themselves and be like, well, what are you doing? You're, the only thing that you're bringing about is negativity. Um, and that's not being a happy clapper. It's not being a look how far we've come merchant. It's nothing like that. It's just saying like, these are the facts. Maybe we have missed in terms of this one in the transfer window. Maybe we have. I, I feel like it's 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 fair and unfair to put him in the position that he's in at the moment. You know, we, we're going to talk about save percentages and things like that. You're then going to use those stats to try and justify the goals that we conceded against Palace and we conceded against Wolves, of which... The, the Wolves one where he's given the ball away, yeah, probably should have done better with that one. That's that's on him. The other three goals, people are going to say he could have claimed the cross. The last four <laughs> games, five games that we've played, we've conceded that exact goal. There, are, there were four defenders against Wolves. There were five defenders, I think, against Palace. How is that the goalie's fault when the defence can't deal with that ball? I understand Godos is not a fullback. He doesn't know how to deal with that cross. So fucking make the adjustments in your back line to deal with that ball going to the back post. Okay? That for me, any goal that we concede like that, anyone who blames the goalkeeper is an idiot. They don't really know how how to defend or how to deal with those crosses. The team doesn't seem to know how to deal with it. Now, if, if we're talking about statistics, one statistic has come out. Um, Arsenal Fan TV, AFTV, I actually posted. Um, the lowest save percentage of goalkeepers who have played a minimum of 10 games this season. Unfortunately, Flecken's in the bottom five. He is not bottom, though. So we've got Sheffield United, West Fodrenham, uh, Palace Sound, Johnston. The way you framed that was hilarious, got... by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go on, carry on, carry so then, on. Then we've, got, then we've got Flecken. Now, Flecken's got a 62.2% save percentage there are two goalkeepers with a lower save percentage than him one of those is a player that Brentford fans so desperately want to recall to this football club with the lowest save percentage in the Premier League is David Raya yeah well what what, what, what answers that, <laughs> what answers does does David Raya solve based on the way that you phrase the question as well well, no, I'm not saying bring David Ray back. I'm just saying that we might have... Th Listen, there's, there's two sides to this coin. There's a side that 
says one says that he's statistically the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League, and there's another that I'm looking at some of the goals he concedes, and I'm thinking something's not right there in terms of the goals that he, in terms of the goals that David Rail would prevent, where the ball's not too far away from him and he could dive and make the save. I'm not seeing that in Flecken, and it's just like. Oh. It's, it's difficult because I don't want to blame it all on Fleck and the defending's being horrendous. Dan, you want to come in at this point? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm very much waiting for Flecken to just have a game where I think he's got us a point there. He's got us three points there because every goal we concede, it's not a glaring error most of the time. And you think, fair enough, it's gone in. But occasionally it'd be nice for Flecken maybe to dig one of those out and, you know, us all to think, yeah, he's got us a point there. Um, I think in regards to Rea, his standards have definitely dipped this season than compared to with us last season. I don't expect Flecken to be as good as Rea because obviously we sold him for Arsenal to Arsenal for a reason. But maybe I expected him to have at least one game by now where you look at him and think you've won us a game there because mm-hmm. you often get that. Even like Sheffield United with fodderingham or burnley with trafford or, or i don't i don't think they're too keen on him but you can tell that he's made some really good saves this season and he has kept them in some games and i'm not sure we've seen that yet from flecken and i re- i want to see that from him it's a bit frustrating but yeah i'm not quite on the side of get him out i don't think he's going to go in anywhere i think we've got to keep the faith in him for now um i don't think he's going anywhere for at least this season um Yeah, it's difficult. I just want him to just have have one of those games. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Yeah, I thought you make a good point in terms of other goalkeepers as well having blinders. I don't think it's unfair to say that I don't think I've seen Flecken make like a spectacular save so far this season. And in terms of what David Rea would give you, he would make a few spectacular saves in a season. Right, Craig, but stop, but stop. But it's not about (laughs) David Rea. As Dan pointed out, I've seen Thomas Kaminsky for Luton make some spectacular saves. I've seen Wes Fodger and Sheffield United make some spectacular saves. And I've seen James Trafford for Burnley also make some spectacular saves. And those are the three clubs that came up. And we're the team that was pushing Europe last season. So what I feel like is that technically we took one of the best statistically goalkeepers in the Bundesliga last season. And for whatever reason, he does not look like that right now. Would you not agree with that? Would you not agree with that? I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. Uh, However, our defensive frailties frailties have ruined him, have ruined him, unfortunately. Now, (laughs) maybe maybe it's selective memory. You guys don't want to remember it. Now, Collins and him had a mix-up against Crystal Palace, didn't they? And Mm -hmm. um, it might have been Anderson that scored for Palace. Everyone has conveniently forgotten the great double save he made from a corner where he's managed to scoot one out from under himself from their header and then he saved the rebound again. But Mike, you forgot that one. I like how you forgot that one. (laughs) There's just not enough of a save he's made. But you don't remember a save that he's made. Yes. Okay. We need to stop comparing him to David Rea. I'm guilty of doing it as much as everyone else is. We need to stop comparing him to David Rea. To say... Brentford are known for saying that statistics lie. Yeah, the statistics lie as well. To say that he's the worst goalkeeper in the league is is stupidity. It's a lie. It's just an outright lie. I said it in a previous pod. This is a league that has Onana playing for Manchester United, and he's a fucking idiot. So (laughs) (laughs) if you think he's the worst goalkeeper in the league, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to other Brentford fans, and you're putting grief on a player that does not need grief at the moment. He needs backing. He needs us to support him. He knows. He knows he hasn't been good enough this season. He knows he's made mistakes. He knows that he should be saving some of the goals that we've conceded this season. And I doubt it. I doubt that he thinks he's had a good game at all this season as well. But to to argue the point he's the worst goalkeeper in the league 
is wrong. We know we signed him for a reason. We've on social media things that I've like been questioning, questioning the, the transfers that we've brought in over the recent years, and even the recruitment team themselves. We've been questioning the <laughs> recruitment team. But but there's there is a reason that we bought this goalkeeper in. A reason we bought this goalkeeper in because we know he is good enough. So why don't we just try backing him? Back him for it's once. It's not going to happen. You know? It's not going to happen. I, think I know it's, it's not going to happen. He, he needs... He needs to have like ten amazing games in a row for for the fan base to, for the fan base to turn it around because against against Palace after every goal I heard someone saying fucking Fleckhead why can't you save that but I don't know <laughs> how I don't goal. know how you can blame him for some of those goals that we conceded like I, I just I just want to throw it out there I know he's not the you shouldn't put your team on one player but I was just having a look while we were talking. Um, Rico Henry got injured against Newcastle back in September. That is ACL. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that, unfortunately. Since we lost Rico Henry, we've lost 3-1. We've lost 3-0. We've lost 4-1. We've lost 3-1. We're losing games by these big scorelines as to which we didn't... I don't remember us doing really last season. We've won three times since Rico Henry got injured. And that is, uh, what is that? That's West Ham at home, Chelsea away, and Luton at home. We've won three games since we lost Rico Henry. I'm not saying we're a one-man team, but also he completely changes the dynamic of our defence. He completely changes the dynamic of our attack. Mm. We have to replace players like Rico in this transfer window for us to get any kind of performance that we expect out of the goalkeeper. You have to solidify your defence. You have to solidify your defence to build confidence in your goalie. And it works both ways. Once once your defence is confident in your goalie, your goalie becomes confident in defence. Your fans become confident. Yeah, you, you make a good point with the fullbacks as well, because I feel like that's a key part of how we want to play in terms of when Flecken has the ball, is pinging him yeah. out to the, to the fullbacks. And when you've got yeah. Godos, who for all he does well, for all that he does well, wouldn't beat a man, and Rasulev, who wouldn't beat a man, and then you've got Aaron Hickey, who would, and Rico Henry, who would, it's a stark contrast to what he started out with, and that's probably where all the instabilities come from. Right, let's table table the Flecken chat. <laughs> We're done with Flecken for now. Uh, it does does make me that really does make me laugh. Like scrolling through Brentford Twitter after a loss, just like you made the point about people in the recruitment team now getting stick. Phil Giles, Phil Giles is now the target of all abuse on Brentford's Twitter, which just I just find absolutely hilarious. But let's go on, let's go on to Palace. I tweeted after the game that the first two minutes were fun, um, and I, I feel like to be fair, the opening sort of forty minutes, even when we were drawing one one, I felt like we were actually playing some decent football. I thought Rursalev was playing really well down the right-hand side. It was good to have Jensen back in the side. We had a good bit of, good bit of possession in their sort of attacking third, which I hadn't really seen against Wolves. Well, I had seen against Wolves, but there wasn't any substance in those attacks. It was just sort of, we were just in their third, passing the ball from left to right. Um, am, I, am I being too generous that I thought we played well in that first half, Dan? Uh, I, I, I mean, the second half, we huffed and puffed again, and it was the kind of repeat of what happened against Wolves. But, Am I being too generous in the first half? Uh, no, not not to an extent. I mean, the goal, first of all, was really, really good. Jensen's back hill, Roslev, great cross, and then a lovely first-time finish from Lewis Potter. I mean, that that was brilliant all round. Um, like Roslev, you know, you don't really associate him with that. Lewis Potter, obviously, now he's got one goal. He can he can do those types of finishes. So that that was really good. I just thought the goals. Their goals almost came out of nowhere in a way. Like if they wanted to, if they were, if they had an attack, they just kind of get through our defence, and all of a sudden they scored. It, it doesn't help having Godos at left back because he's not a left back. It's not his fault. He's just not a left back. And I think he was. I think Elise came from behind him for their first goal, um, and you could tell also Elise and Eze were just on a different level to anyone else on the pitch. And they had Mateta to like play off. He's like the big target man. And all he needs to do really is lay it off to them two. You could tell the quality difference. And I think that's what it came down to. I think we played okay first half. Um, 
Lewis Potter had another chance, I think, which is fairly similar from another Rostev cross. So you can see what we were trying to do, that diagonal to one of the fullbacks and then get it in the box. Um, yeah. It was nice to have our midfield free back, um, which is potentially our best midfield free. Um, so that made it maybe gave us a bit more control. Um, but yeah, second half, start of the second half especially, we just didn't really show up. Yeah, I mean, it was actually nice to see Ruslev with the bit between his teeth. I thought in that first kind of 20-minute, 20 20-25-minute 20, spell, trotting down that right, he was showing pace that I didn't know he had, and obviously he gets the assist for the goal as well. Um, just a shame that he couldn't really sustain it in the second half. Any complaints with how we lined up, Craig? I, I know a few people were sort of angling for Damsgaard to be a starter after his few impressive performances in the games prior, and, and I know you're a big fan of his. So you, did you have any complaints with how we lined up? Um. I wouldn't say I have any complaints with the way that we, we lined up. I, I kind of was in the same boat where I expected Damsgaard to play. And I think I think I kind of would have been more confident with Yanel as left wing back um, instead of Godos because he's just a bit more defensively minded than, than he is. But but I, I wouldn't say I have any complaints with it. Just, just to add to your comments on, on Roslev, <clears throat> recently I found that well, a few people I've spoken to about him have found that if the ball is played to his feet, he's negative, always, mm -hmm. always wants to go sideways, always wants to go backwards. If it's played in front of him, he's so attacking, so attacking. He'll take it in his stride. He'll try and beat a man. He'll get past the defenders. Uh, it was in front of him for that cross from Jensen. He had a bit of pace. Mm -hmm. He got onto the ball. But it just feels like it has to be played in front of him for him to do anything. Otherwise, it's going backwards. Yeah, it's it, 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 we've we've spoken about Russell quite a lot on this podcast. I mean, he is a very good player, and I really want him to do well. But I feel like he lacks the pace to start in the team. I feel like, and there's a you can see that the fullbacks, especially, there's such a big gap in quality between Rico Henry and Simon Godos or Vitaliano and <clears throat> Aaron Hickey and Mads Russellev. But I, I was I was a little bit I thought it was a little bit strange that we started Russellev anyway because we were in a in a kind of five, but. We're so injury hamstrung at the moment, so it's just like any kind of lineup that we have, it's just you, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because it's not the strongest just, lineup, and he's been forced to kind of play his hand. Go on. Just to give, just to give credit where it's due, uh, Vita and Salman have both stepped up and put in shifts for the positions that they've been put in with their wing backs. You've just you've just compared uh, like our our probably best most best one of our best ever players in Rico Henry. To, to, to two midfielders trying to cover his position. And I would rather Rico Henry than those two. You know, you know, I would rather have him than two people in that position. <laughs> He's that important <laughs> to us, for me. We're losing yeah, Godos, no. aren't we? <laughs> yeah. He's going to the Asian Cup. I only found out the other day. <laughs> I know, we've got four players off during AFCON and an Asian Cup. Not like we needed any more. I think Kim Jong-soo is the other one. And then... Wissers off with Congo. Who else oh, yeah. is going? Anyeka's um, yeah. off Nigeria. Yeah. Just, well, just before we're talking about him, he hasn't he hasn't been mentioned yet because obviously he he, he came on against Palace. <laughs> Callum will give me some grief for saying this as well. I think we missed him. I think he's a player we missed in the midfield over the last couple of games. Someone who's just going to throw themselves at the ball, throw themselves at it is exactly what we needed against against Wolves. And he he would have really? slowed the game down. Yeah, yeah. Against I, Wolves, I but we we, we, yeah. we had all of the ball against Wolves, and he's I'm not sure he's, he's shite with the ball at his feet. Yeah. But because he's shite with the ball at his feet, it means we wouldn't. <laughs> I, I just I just feel like look. I know it's probably I'm talking shit. I'm probably talking absolute waffle here. <laughs> but I just feel like he's someone who throws himself at the ball. He's constantly on the move, and he's just he creates a presence in midfield. We don't trust him with the ball at his feet, but he runs like you wouldn't believe it, and he throws himself at the ball. We needed someone over the and then last he falls over. <laughs> and he falls over the ball, yeah. But at least, when he, at least when he falls over, he somehow gets a free kick every time. But like, <laughs> like, like, I just feel yeah. like we we missed someone who was taking taking initiative to to throw themselves at it. Yeah. And I think with with Jensen as well, we had that kind of creative spark, someone that can stop on the ball and kind of pick a runner. And Frankie is always a reading runner, but I just don't, 
I don't have any confidence with him. If He's a willing runner, but when he actually gets the ball after running, I think I can take my mind back to one time. I think it was against Chelsea where he skins Koulibaly. Is it against, was it against Chelsea at home maybe last season or the season before where he kind of skins Koulibaly, gets inside him and then just fires a shot straight at the keeper? But I've never seen him carry the ball <laughs> like after oh, after running onto the ball, carry the ball, get past someone, and actually do something with it, he'll either draw the foul or it will go down or it'll fall over. I, I'm not sure Frank Onyeka is the answer to the problem, especially against Wolves. I can see maybe against Palace when they had a slightly more combative midfield, how he would kind of target that, and especially because I thought didn't think Yano had the best game against Palace. Uh, but let's face the facts: we've now shipped seven goals against teams who have notoriously struggled in front of goal, Dan. What what's gone wrong? What's gone wrong with our defense besides the injuries? I mean, they they must be working on this in training all the time because we have conceded a carbon copy of that goal in sort of the last kind of four games that we've played when it just goes over the to the back stick and there's someone that's tough bit away. And I think it was just all too predictable against Palace when at least when they picked up that ball in the second half, you knew exactly what he was going to do and you knew he was going to score. So what's gone wrong? Before we get onto the bigger picture, because we will talk about relegation and January signings, but can we just try and maybe pinpoint what's gone wrong for the listeners? Yeah, well, I think we tried to fix it because we tried to go to a five and obviously we wouldn't normally go five at Palace away um, normally. Um, I think I think ultimately it's a, it's having wing-backs, it's having midfielders at full-back or wing-back. Um, as, as hard-working as Godos is, he's that's not his position. I, I doubt he'd ever thought 10 years ago that he'd be playing left-back for Brentford in the Premier League. Um, and Roslev, too, is he is a right-back, but maybe we are playing slightly above his level. And I think often those goals where someone's caught at the far post, it, it's often, if you watch a replay, it's like someone's got in behind Godos or Roslev before they've noticed that they're there. And by the time they notice, they've got their head on the ball and it's gone in. Um because obviously normally we're, we're more solid defensively and that, that's all I can think of. And obviously if you have Hickey and Henry or even Aya, a right back, that they're, you trust them a bit more, they're more defensively minded. I think we tried to fix that against Palace by going with a three so they can make us more solid without without the need for the wing-backs to have to be as tight to the two centre-backs. But even for three centre-backs, it's hard for them to cover the whole width of the pitch. You still need the wing-backs next to them. Um, so, yeah, I think that's an area, I think Thomas Frank said it as well, I think left-back in particular is an area where we might look to get someone in short term um, just yeah. to tide us over. Yeah, let's let's go bigger picture. January signings, Craig. Thomas Frank, as Dan just alluded to, said we need another full-back. Definitely agree with that. And he says we're going to try and sign a winger too. Is, is that enough to avoid being in relegation threat by the end of the season is what we need two signings in January I think I think if we can nail down no outgoings then maybe two or three signings could be all we need um I've, I've just wanted to bring him up because you've been talking about how we're a bit bare in the fullback position and we've used him as well, I say we've used him. We've had him as a sub the last couple of games. Um, and it's it's Adi Doken. He's a B team mm-hmm. player. He's a fullback. He's been on the bench the last couple of games. He's a, We've had a fullback <laughs> fit and available probably since Rico got injured. He's only 20, but we've been confident enough to use Yama as a 19-year-old in midfield. Roslev as a youngster at right on at right back. I'm just I'm just a bit confused as to why we haven't utilized the fact that we have a natural defender that we can call upon. But that's maybe a separate thing to talk about. No, if, he, um, if he's not ready, then he's not ready. I, I've, I've not seen any games of him. I mean, if it, you could only presume that if the reason that he's not starting in his favoured position when we have such injury troubles and that area of the pitch is that Thomas Frank thinks he's not ready and if he's if we're still starting someone like Simon Godos or Vitaliano at fullback then maybe maybe that's right you know what I mean I, I've I've not already I've, I didn't even well I saw that he was on the bench against um, Palace and then maybe he'll feature against Wolves at home on Friday but maybe it's just that he's not ready I, I just I just feel like with the way that things have gone recently 
we there's we've got nothing to lose by risking seeing how he performs with the way that things have gone recently we, we don't have anything to lose four one down at home to 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 wolves i don't even know if he came on if i'll be totally honest as soon as that fourth went in i i left um yeah. <laughs> um but like we we've got an option but i don't know why we're not taking that risk to, to try him out now like you just said maybe frank thomas thinks he's a bit um not quite not quite there yet and if he's if that's the case that's the case um we definitely definitely need minimum one fallback this window even if we just bring in a short mark short loan six month loan till the end of the season solidify the defense a bit get a bit of confidence going again amongst themselves um I think, like you've mentioned, Sharda being out for a little while, it might be worth having a look at another forward player. Um, but, I mean, thinking about it, we've got Josh, who's available for Wolves on on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's that's come out and said he's available for Wolves. We've got Jensen back. We've got Janel back in his position. If, if Saman's going to play left back, we've got Captain. Um, we've got Damsgaard. We've got B- Baptiste, who's injured again. Or, or or wherever the hell he's gone. Um, I don't think I don't think we need a midfielder. I don't think we need a midfielder. No. I don't think we need a centre back. And with Ivan coming back, and I I I fully believe he will be our player come February first. I fully believe he'll be our player. With Ivan coming back, with Charlotte coming back in February, maybe maybe a short term again short term loan for someone to come in and help up top. Fullback, couple of fullbacks and forward player, and then that's it. People suggesting to bring Casper Michael in on loan is, is stupid as well. By the way, I don't know if you've seen all that on Twitter. That's just <laughs> just any stupid. kind of player, any player suggestions that I see on Twitter, I just find fucking ridiculous. It's just like, what? Well, what the Brentford team going to see? The Brentford recruitment team are going to see this tweet and be like, oh yeah, no, this guy actually oh, yeah. knows what to. Do. We should sign this bloke. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, oh yeah, this, this guy would be perfect for Brentford. <laughs> there's, there's been one suggestion i don't know if you guys have seen it and it's one that i've gone oh actually yeah do you know what um and i don't think we could i don't think we could agree any kind of deal for him but is to bring uh regulon in until the end of the season from spurs he's just been recalled from spurs because he wasn't playing really at united see if we could get him on loan till the end of the season if he wants to stay in london ideal perfect yeah I always thought he was quite good as well, to be fair. Uh, we we yeah. should we should mention Brentford set to complete signing of Yunus Emre Konak from Turkish side Sivaspor, if I'm saying that right. Didn't want to butcher that if any Turkish people are listening. Um, when he turns 18 next week, supposed to be really good. Turkish wonder kid, I've seen the term being banded around. And I think there are quite a few people after him, but I think that's one for the B team. Um, and we've got a lot of players like that in the B team. We haven't seen anything of Ethan Brearley, who I was really excited about because I'd watched a few games of his when he was playing at his last club. And he looks really good. We haven't seen any of the South Korean centre-back that we signed over the summer. He's now going to the Asian Cup. And we probably won't see any much... We probably won't see much of this guy until whenever he makes his debut. But um, another good one to have in the sort of books. And I've, I've seen compilations, the thing that you do when you go and sign a new player and he looks the mustard. So that's a good one. You mentioned Ivan Tony, Craig. Dan, he's, he's going to be back for the Forest game. But is he going to be looking at what's going on right now and thinking, what the fuck am I coming back into? Because it's just like <laughs> a bit of a shambles at the moment. He must be watching at home illegally or legally. If you've been watching the Snapchat story, if you've been watching his Instagram <laughs> stories, just thinking, what am I What am I going back into? Yeah. Um, well, I guess we've got just over two weeks before the Forest game. So there's time to get people in. I think down in the middle of the pitch, centre mid up front, centre back, in goal arguably we're we're sorted and um it's it's out wide whether it's in the forward areas or fullback it's out wide where we're struggling um that's that's probably why we're not seeing certain b team players because if they play in the middle of the field we're 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 doing all right there i think i like to think ivan tony thinks he owes us something i like to think um you know we've stuck by him you know he can give us six months and if he wants to get into this England squad, the best thing he can probably do is stay and help us stay up. Because if he does leave, if he wants to leave in January, he might not play every game. It might take him a while to get into the team. I think 
I'd like to think he's sat at home very determined to try and get himself into this World Cup squad. You know, he's not been injured, so he should be in good shape. He's played a few B-team games. You know, I'm I'm really hoping that he will step up from the get-go against Forest. Um, I don't want to be just relying on him. I don't think we need to, we should be just relying on him. I think we should look at getting a couple more in as well for that Forest game. But yeah, I, I, I think he owes us. And obviously he's been there at the training ground every day. You know, he knows what the squad is suffering with. He knows that, you know, we're in a bit of trouble at the moment with injuries. Um, I'm sure he still has friends in the changing room. Like I'm sure, you know, he wants to help us. And uh, yeah, we can only hope he does. And we can only hope that he, he, he scores a good amount of goals between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I think when we have him back and I... I'm still hesitant to say we're in a relegation scrap because I don't think we are. And I don't think it's arrogant to say that we're too good to go down in terms of the players that we've got coming back, like Ivan Tony, like Kevin Sharder, like Jensen, who's back to fitness, like Shadow Silva, like Henry, like all of the fucking players that we've got missing at the moment. When they do come back, if they do come back, I would say we'll ha- definitely have more than enough to stay in this league. Craig, the only thing I'm worried about is that Forrest seem to have turned it around under Nuno. I know that the new manager bounce will never last forever, but they've won the two games since he's come in. Fulham looked like they could win one week and get battered the next week, but they still look like they they beat they beat West Ham five 0 the other day. They beat Arsenal the other day. Luton look like they're going to fight until the the last day as well. But I think the only thing that might save us is that Burnley and Sheffield, well, especially Sheffield United, just look so bad. But that still puts up two that might be up for grabs come the end of the season. So, what are you worried at the moment? How are you thinking going into this? Well, going into the second half of the season, current form. Current form should worry anyone. Current form yeah. should worry worry anyone. One win in six. Uh, one win in seven. Six defeats out of the last seven. Five on the bounce that we've lost now. That next that next win can't come soon enough. Even if it's in even if it's against Wolves on Friday in the cup, that next win cannot come soon enough. Um, I posted on Twitter, and a few people seem to agree with me. Um, do I think we go down? No. But do I think we're being dragged into a relegation battle? Yes. With current form. That was at the end. Okay, I thought you were going to carry on there. Yeah, carry on. We have to be. Only Everton, only Everton are between us and the relegation zone. And if you gave them their 10 points back, we'd be the next one. We'd be the yeah. one that Luton trying to hunt down now. Um, the the only danger for me is if some of these players don't come back or it takes a bit longer or if we lose a couple more, then you never know. You never know what could happen. I, I'm confident with our best team, we'd be okay. But we don't know when our best team is going to be available again. I mean, someone like Rico Henry probably won't be available again. So mm-hmm. that's the difficulty. But yeah, normally I like to sit back and just enjoy it. And we want to be in fighting for Europe. And if we don't get it, so what? It looks like it might be a bit different this year. And we'll be fighting for something more important just to stay in the league, um, which just make me a bit more anxious, but we just got to deal with it. We just got to, it's too early to like draw any conclusions now. I, I think, I think our saving grace, you need to look at the fact that we've lost six out of the last seven and we are still four points above the bottom three. It just shows that unfortunately there is a lack of quality in the Premier League this, this season at the bottom end of the table which is going to be our saving grace. When, when you're in form like this, the way that we are, and you steal four points out above the bottom three after this amount of games, you've got to take that with some kind of as some kind of success with the injuries that we've had. And Mike, I think you're spot on, mate, with the way that things are going and the players that we've got coming back. I don't think we have anything to worry about. Um, I do have, I do have a friend close with the club um and he has said that we expect to have a very busy january with no outgoings so i hope that what he's saying is true because we can't afford unless we've said it so many times unless someone wants to offer 100 million pound for ivan tony he's not going anywhere but you can't turn down that kind of money anyway can you um so fingers crossed what he's saying is right yeah well, now we've been, we have, 
<laughs> you should because there's a delay when we record online honestly sometimes you talk and then i feel like you stop talking ages ago and then i can't honestly it's just a bit it's a bit messy when we do things online people but anyway i feel like we've we've been swear before that maybe it's a bit boring being in the premier league so maybe we get a little relegation fight going on this year <laughs> go to the last day and there's something riding on it instead of kind of languishing in mid-table but no who thanks. knows yeah <laughs> no. dan dan does not want that i wouldn't mind i wouldn't no. mind doing the last game with a little bit a little bit going in mate i did quite miss going in the championship and winning every game that was fun but no, um i think that, i think that'll be <laughs> i'm joking guys i'm joking i don't want to get relegated i don't want to get relegated just a little bit of jeopardy maybe you know squeaky bum time that, that would be quite entertaining the head loss would be hilarious on twitter i'd have a field day it'd be great but anyway i think that might be a, a good place to wrap up the podcast remember guys Please do drop the comments in the, if you're watching on YouTube, we, we've been trying to make this a kind of community within the fan base. And I see all the comments that have been dropped on the last couple of videos and we really appreciate it. And we want you to kind of give us your opinions. How do you feel about the injury crisis? Are we in a relegation fight? Who do you think we should sign in Jan? Which positions do we need to strengthen? We'd love to hear it. So drop them in the comments and we'll take them into the next podcast that we do uh, whenever we do that. The Inner podcast will be back. <clears throat> with a forest preview for sure i've already lined that up with a forest podcast as well as a special episode maybe next week probably the week after but we just need to do a bit of final prep for that so stay tuned across our socials for any updates and just before we leave guys like i said if you're watching on youtube remember to comment down below ahead of the wolves game on friday which would be tomorrow at the time of recording and forest at home the following it's the forest at home is two weeks after friday is it not there's a week off yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a week off, yeah. This so is two that, weeks off. This is that break. winter break, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll have a couple of episodes in between that. Subscribe to the YouTube and the Spotify channels, leave a rating, and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Elam Road on Twitter and at Elam Road Pod on Instagram. Craig, Dan, um, I can't say it's been a pleasure. I don't like doing these episodes, especially when we're in the kind of run of form that we're in at the moment, but we'll see you next week regardless. Podcast Network.